Thank you so much for joining me for Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. You can find me in my cyber home at rickthomas.net. If you would like some help from us, then please go to our website and you can receive it. Thousands of people come every month looking for help for all sorts of situations, things that they're going through. And we have a, a sanctification warehouse that will be able to help you. And so enter into our warehouse And if you have questions as you peruse our content, you're welcome to ask. Jump on our forums and ask us any question under the sun. We would love to serve you that way. Make sure that you get your username and password because that's the way to get around the website. Especially if you're going to talk to us on the forum, you will need your username and password. And so do that. Read our articles, listen to podcasts like this. I won't jump into this podcast because I got a lot of ground to cover and I want to be clear and I, I want it to be a blessing to you. I want to talk to all of you who are helping people. You're in the helping profession. Now, that may be a marriage, it may be a family, it may be a small group leader, it may be a counselor, maybe of course it will be a pastor. But I want to talk about, well, I'm talking to Christians who should be out doing the Great Commission. And if you are doing the Great Commission, you have people coming to you and they're asking you questions. And if you're good at what you do and God is blessing what you are doing, well, you're going to have more people to tend to than you can possibly tend to. Jesus was that way. And so I want to make a distinction here in the podcast. You'll hear it in my title. Let me give it to you. The title of the podcast and the article is, Do You Want My Attention or Do You Want My Care? You will not be able to give every person that comes to you your undivided attention. But you can receive, uh, you can give every person your care. There's a difference between those two ideas, and that is the heart of this podcast that I want to walk through. From a leadership helping profession perspective, it is not possible to give every person who comes to you your undivided attention unless the only person who ever comes to you is one person. But even if it's one person, they can wear you out after a while, especially if they come every moment of the day. And so if you desire to influence and impact other people for the gospel's sake, people who are looking for your care, you must work this out. You have to figure out this concept that I'm communicating to you, or you will be overwhelmed And you will burn out, as so many people do burn out, people who are in the helping professions. Thousands of people received Jesus' care. Think about that sentence. Thousands of people received Jesus' care, but Jesus did not give his undivided attention to thousands of people. There were a smaller number of people who experienced his direct undivided and skilled attention. You know who they were. They were the 12 apostles. There were other people who got FaceTime with him, but the primary group of people who received his direct, undivided, and skilled attention for a long period of time, three years at the most, were his 12 disciples, not the thousands of people who received his care. In fact, sometimes Jesus would retreat from people who wanted FaceTime from him. Other times, he even distanced himself from his family. Think about it. 
He distanced himself from his mother and his brothers because they were not in step with his missional objectives. Why would he do this? Maybe more importantly, why is it vital for you to think about this worldview as it pertains to soul care? And then finally, what can you learn about Jesus' discipleship methodology and his time prioritization practices? A discipleship model that accommodates everyone according to how they want accommodation, it is self-limiting, it is unwise, and it's not uh, and it's unsustainable rather or not sustainable if your aim is to make as many disciples as the lord desires you need to be wise about giving your time and your attention to every person who asks for it obviously you have to learn the value of saying no but it's not just saying no because you don't want to turn people away You want to help all the people that come to you, and that's why it's essential that you learn who gets your undivided attention while everybody receives your care. Now, the Christian community needs to learn how to to distinguish between giving people their attention and giving them their care, and Paul gives us a an idea about this in Ephesians 4, where he said, he's talking to pastors, talking to teachers here, he's saying, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That is a smart phrase in this passage here. Paul understands that no pastor can accommodate every person who wants undivided soul care from him. It's just not possible unless you're pastoring three people. But if you are building a work and your church is growing five, 10, 15, 50, 100, 500 people, You better have a model or you will be worn out quickly. You'll be built to be small when you could do so much more. And so Paul says, equip the saints. The church body can receive care from the saints because certain saints have received undivided attention from the pastor or the leadership team. Jesus continues to provide care to millions of people through the model for discipleship that he established 2,000 years ago. One of, one of the manifestations of his model of discipleship is the local church. We are not receiving Jesus' undivided attention today because Jesus is not here in bodily form. as We're not having FaceTime meetings with him, but we are receiving his care through the people that he trained. Here's the fundamental idea that I want to communicate to you in this podcast. Individuals directly influenced by Jesus, have created an inestimable number of contexts where people who will never see Jesus on this side of heaven can receive his care. Now, I want you to carefully think through that fundamental principle. Your application of that concept could be revolutionary I am a Christian with a vision to bring care to as many people as possible. Now, to do it well, I have to create context where people can receive my care while simultaneously, at the same time, I must guard against giving every one of them my undivided attention. It is not a one-to-one ratio. 
It can't work that way in the soul care business. Now, this perspective is not cruel, and it's not an uncaring model for discipleship. We know it's not cruel. We know it's not uncaring because this is how Jesus operated his ministry on earth. He didn't get in front of every person that received his care. One of the interesting texts that communicates this idea is Matthew 14, 9. Here's how the sentence reads. Then Jesus broke the loaves, and he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowd. You see what happened here? Jesus did not get in front of 5,000 people, not counting the women and children. I th- it may have taken him a week to do that. But what did he do? He provided the resource. He had his team, and his team did the work of the ministry. Now, as I have reflected on Jesus' discipleship training model, I, too, had to create an attention versus care methodology. And that's what you want to do as well. Who gets your attention? Who gets your primary attention? And then everybody else receives your care through those that you give your primary attention. I am one person, not many people, which means I must give careful consideration to who receives the most of my discipleship care. Now, when I break down my methodology that I'm describing here, when I break it down into time priorities, here's a snapshot of of how I divvy up my time to do soul care. Here's the order. Number one is myself. This is one of the few times when you can say you're number one. You're the most important. Because if you do not take care of yourself physically, if you do not take care of yourself spiritually, you can't live a a shoddy physical life, no exercise and uncontrolled eating habits and doing other things, sleeping whenever, whatever. You can't, you can't have a shoddy physical life and you can't have a shoddy spiritual life and expect to care for other people. It will catch up on you, it will bite you, and it will limit what you can do. Therefore, you must be number one when it comes to soul care. I would also add body care as well, because you are a physical being. And so I have to take care of myself physically and spiritually. Number two, in order of importance of my time priorities, is obvious. It's my wife. My wife has to receive my best care outside of taking care of myself. I'll not make a case for that. If you need help understanding my reasoning, Well, first of all, may God help you, uh, and I would be glad to respond as well. You can ask on the forum, but I think it's self-evident. Number number three are my children. My ministry doesn't start when I walk out the door. My ministry starts with me, taking care of myself, taking care of my wife, taking care of my children. And then number four is my close network of friends. Now, that can change from season to season. That could be your local church. It could be different things. For me, primarily, it is my ministry because those are the people that I, who are um, making the greatest number of requests on my time for help. And so what I do for a ministry receives most of my time, or they fall in at this season as number four. 
I do not give my undivided attention to every person who asks for it. I can't because it's not possible. I am selective regarding those who want my most effective care. Of course, this perspective means my wife and my children receive most of my time. My ministry, what I do, is number three on that list. Of course, I'm outside of myself. Now, for this podcast, I I don't want to deal with how to take care of myself. I have articles on uh, spiritual growth. I don't want to talk about how to be married and take care of a spouse. I have tons of articles on that. And I'm not going to be talking about children here, parenting, and I have tons of articles on that as well. And you can read those articles on my website. But for this podcast, I want to talk about this fourth priority outside of you, outside of your spouse, assuming you are married. If you're not, that's okay. And outside of your children, if you have children. I want to talk about this next group of people that is vying for your time. Now, I want to share with you how I have worked through that with this ministry. I'm not asking you to replicate this. This is a way, not the way. You will have to talk to God and and ask God to give you insight and give you clarity on how to fulfill the Great Commission in your life. I would not expect you to to model what I do. This is... (laughs) This is what was carved out of my time, my devotional time with God many years ago. And so what I'm going to do is I want to share with you my personal mission mission statement. I have a mission statement. I hope you have a mission statement as well. Not the one on my website. There is a public mission statement on my website, but I have a personal mission statement that drives everything that I do. Here it is. My mission is to take the gospel to every person on the planet and to live 25 years after I die. That is my mission statement, and it drives everything that I do in my life. There's not a day, and that's a literal statement, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not thinking about my mission statement of how to take the gospel to every human on the planet and to live 25 years after I die. Now, it could be 50 years after I die. I would hope that I could live 250 years after I die But the way that I stated it, just for communicating it, my mission is to take the gospel to every human on the planet and to live 25 years after I die. This second point, to live 25 years after I die, is because I do not foresee the first point, to take the gospel to every person on the planet, happening during my lifetime. Again, this mission statement defines everything that I do. Let me ask you, what defines you? What is your reason for living? How does your mission shape your day, shape your week, your month, your year? To build any life, you have to define the scope as well as the priorities within that scope. I've just given you the scope. The scope of my mission is to take the gospel to every human on the planet and to live 25 years after I die. That's the scope for global gospel expansion, and it is vast. Now, that means I have to have priorities within that scope. I'm going to give you the two priorities that uh, they're, they're like two pillars that hold up this overarching mission statement that I've just given you. There are only two pillars, and these two pillars are the practical ways and the practical why of what I do. Pillar number one is the redemptive use of technology. 
I'll explain that in a moment. Pillar number two is the replication of leaders. Those two pillars, you could put it in two words, technology, leaders. Those are the two pillars that hold up my personal mission statement. They are the two top priorities for accomplishing the mission. Let's take technology. There is an echo of omnipresence in technology, meaning I can go around the world a thousand times a day from my office. Right now, there are people on the other side of the planet listening to this podcast. It's, it's what I say. It's, it's why I say the redemptive use of technology, using technology redemptively, not only using it redemptively, but understanding that there is an echo of omnipresence in technology. Therefore, in today's culture, it is possible to reach a global audience. It is possible to take the gospel around the world. And so pillar number one is how can I use technology redemptively? And then pillar number two is the replication of leaders. If I build a sanctification warehouse, which we have, and if I replicate myself into other people, which I have done to a degree, then after I die, I can continue to take the gospel around the world, hence live 25 years or more, I hope, after I die. Those are the two pillars that allow me to accomplish my mission statement. And so I am seeking to envision and equip leaders globally regarding our gospel strategies. Now, the downside to this missional model is it can frustrate people. For example, a person reaches out to me through a social media platform like Facebook, and they say, this is how it begins, quick question. Or they may say, I know that you're busy. And then they ask the question. What they don't understand is that that happens Every day, throughout my day, somebody's asking me a question because they want my undivided attention. And this is where I have to be careful. And I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to get an audience with the, the main guy. And why not? If he's accessible or appears to be accessible, then I want to ask him a question. But I have to be wise in how I interact with these people, and we have to have strategies set up, or I will be frustrated and burned out of ministry before I ever get started. That's why I say that we have never turned anyone away who comes to us. And by the grace of God, we will never turn anyone away, but that does not mean that you will get my undivided attention. attention. And so we can live in that tension. We can provide care to millions, but I have to be careful about who gets my best time. The wise leader not only understands constituent expectations, I want to meet with you, but he figures out a way to envision their people while providing the care that folks want. Now, one of the ways that we do that is that we do have this sanctification center. We have a sanctification center shoved up in cyberspace that millions of people can access 
on any day throughout the year. We have written resources. We have audio resources like this podcast. We have two podcasts in our network. We provide counseling. We have ebooks. We have paperback books. I do speaking engagements. We have graphics. We have mind maps. We have charts and forms and videos and webinars and uh, articles in foreign language. We have social media all over the place. We have forums where we're interacting with people and we have a long distance, all online, internet, mastermind, discipleship training course. We have millions of words that are either written or audio, audio or visual where anybody can come to us and receive our care. And it is amazing at God's kindness to this ministry where we can help so many people, potentially. Millions of people can receive our care, but only a few of them can receive my undivided attention. Technology gives us the theoretical possibility to take the gospel to any human on the planet. If a person has access to the internet, they can receive, they can receive one of two things. They can receive customizable attention from me, or they can receive secondary care from me. Now, I want to give you an illustration of, of an individual who came to our ministry, and they received both of those. The person is, that I want to illustrate this with is Brandy Huerta. Brandy is a graduate of our Mastermind course. But before she was a graduate of our Mastermind course, she came to our ministry, and she received care. And she was receiving my care long before I ever met her. And then she decided that I want to receive more than care from Rick. I want to receive his attention. And the way that she received my undivided attention is she joined our Mastermind program and she went through it. Our mastermind, our online education course, it is a well-developed, self-paced, all-internet training program that covers theology and, and sanctification and application. Those three pillar, or those three legs of the stool: theology, sanctification, and application. And so Brandy said, "I want more than your care through these resources that you provide." I want you to train me. Now, here's how Brandy said it. Here's a quote from Brandy. Quote, I have been on the member site for a year and a half and finished the mastermind program last month. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but undoubtedly also one of the best instruments in God's hands for my sanctifications I have ever experienced. We, re we first received, she's talking about her and her husband, Matt, Oh, by the way, Matt is a current student of our program now. Brandy's graduated, and now Matt is, is a student. But Brandy says, we first received Drive-By Marriage about three years ago. And so I have been informally studying with Rick for that long. D do you hear what she's saying in that sentence? She received my care, and she, she used the word informally. She's been informally studying with me for that long, even though I was not directly she was not receiving my attention. She was receiving my care. She says, I am completely a different person than I was three years ago and have changed drastically since the beginning of the DE program in September of 2013 is when she started. Now, 
Brandy has graduated a couple of years ago. She finished in 15 months. She graduated, then she went on to become certified with the International Association of Biblical Counselors, which just happened recently. Brandy is a writer for our ministry. She is a counselor for our ministry. And so now that she's been replicated as a leader through our ministry, she's helping people that I will never meet. She's in her church in Colorado interacting with people that I will never interact with, but those people are receiving my care through Brandy. And we have other graduates of our Mastermind program, like our first graduate, Mark Grant, came to our ministry. He was uh, participating in it in a secondary level, like Brandy was, and then he signed up for the Mastermind program, finished it in a year and a half, and Mark has been counseling for us for years now. He's counseled people that I will never counsel, He's counseled people that I will never meet, that I will never see on this side of heaven, but they are receiving the care of this ministry through the person that we have trained. Now, Mark also writes wonderful articles for us, like Brandy. He is a writer for our ministry as well. And so what we do is that we produce content in a buffet, all-you-can-eat kind of way. Anybody in the world can come to our ministry and participate. It's free of charge. There's no hook no catch, no cost, and you can receive our care. And then we have another group of people that come to us and they say, hey, I want more. And so they begin to support our ministry and we begin to interact with them in more of an attention-giving kind of way. And then we have a third group. The groups get smaller and smaller. And so we affect the multitudes who come and participate in our sanctification center And then we have a smaller group of supporters that receive more care from us and actually resources that aren't open to the uh, public domain community. And then the third group, which is the smallest of all, these are the ones that get my undivided attention. You have to figure this out yourself. You cannot equally help every person equally. If you try to do that, then what will happen? Well, here are seven possible negative side effects if you don't learn the value of saying, not just say no, but also learn, uh, develop your own strategies so that you can help people in the wisest way. Here's the negative fallouts. Number one, you can become overworked and tempted to quit. People call that burnout. Number two, you can become bitter, critical, cynical. I have met a lot of bitter, critical, and cynical ministry leaders. Number three, you can become judgmental and untrusting. Number four, you can have a firefighting ministry model rather than a preventive maintenance, meaning you're always jumping to the fire. You're always putting out a fire. You just It's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Number five, you can max out as far as what you can do because you're not working with wisdom. Number six, you could experience the temptation of any number of sins like sexual sin, which is a huge issue with ministry leaders. And then number seven, this is the worst of all. You may not be able to lead your family well. And there are so many people who are in ministry and their families are just in horrible shape because they have bad marriages or their children have not been led well. I talked about the value of saying no, and I'll finish this podcast by making a recommendation. Here's my recommendation, that you study the four Gospels, which could be simply just read the four Gospels over a period of weeks. And then what what I would like for you to do is to highlight the number of times that Jesus said no to other people. 
Or what you could do is, is highlight the time when he put people off. Like in John 11, when Mary and Martha were coming to him about their dying brother Lazarus and Jesus, he didn't respond to the tyranny of the urgent. He put them off. He waited a couple of days. But the idea is to listen for the times when Jesus said no or when he was not responsive to the request that people were asking and ask God to give you insight on what you're reading and how you can model your ministry so that you are not overwhelmed. If your ministry model does not create humble, teachable, maturing leaders who can go out and replicate those same qualities into others, then you have a flawed ministry model. You must have 12 people, whatever that number is, that you are replicating so that you can do what Paul said. The things that you heard from me among many witnesses, commit to faithful men who can go out and teach as well. You want to build yourself a ministry, and you want to begin by replicating leaders. And so you have to figure out who is going to receive your attention and who is going to receive your care, and you must know the difference between the two. If you want to talk about this, please, I would love to talk with you. Go on our website, get your username and your password, and you can ask your question. Hey, Rick, this is my deal. How would you interact with it? What would you have to say for a situation like this? And I would love to speak to you about it. Be sure to read this podcast. Go on our website and you can read the entire article. Title of it is, Do You Want My Attention or Do You Want My Care? Thank you so much for listening and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.